going to go into uh, today's scripture reading, which is Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 13. We're going to read this in the ESV. There are ESV Bibles underneath you if you're here in person. And um, if you want to find the scripture, uh, or if you brought your own Bible, or if you have your own Bible app, um, we're also going to project the scripture. It's kind of nice to be able to follow along. So again, that's Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 13. And if you're here in person, or if you want to participate in this way at home, I guess you could. Uh, If you could, please stand as able for the reading of God's word. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us today. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. All right, today's message is uh, a continuation in our um, year-long, semester-long, not really sure, we'll see, <laughs> uh, sermon series, Life Period. And uh, today is, we're talking about Thanksgiving through contentment. And, you know, being Thanksgiving weekend, maybe a lot of you, uh, I don't know if you guys have this uh, tradition in your family, or maybe if you had dinner with some friends, people are like, hey, before we eat Let's talk about what we're thankful for. Do you guys do this? We did this. Uh, uh, it, it, I went to Cincinnati, and um, my family had uh, Thanksgiving with my parents. And uh, my mom made us do this. And I mean, you know, I would have done it, but, you know, <laughs> she was like, what are you thankful for? And I, I'm wondering for you, what would the answer be for that this morning? And I don't know, I didn't want to put you guys on blast, but I thought about like getting a microphone and asking you guys, what would you say? What are you most thankful for in your life? As you guys are thinking about that, um, I was just kind of curious, and apparently uh, someone did a poll. It was done by The Economist in, uh, in, in conjunction with YouGov, and they did a poll with like, I think they, they interviewed like 1,500 uh, households or something like that. And they ask in 2021, what are you most thankful for this year? And so uh, what do you guys think the top answer would be to that? Most thankful for? Health? Okay. Yeah, health health, probably up there. Got to guess. If you guys are looking at the pumpkins, uh, those might give you some hints (laughs) of common answers. Any, Any other thoughts? Oh, you guys didn't say that the number one. The number one is family. Right? It's, it's, it's almost like, I, I, I guess I, you shouldn't really be surprised by that. I, I wasn't that surprised when I thought about it for two seconds. It's almost like the knee-jerk response, right? Like, like can you imagine someone just calls you up? And they're like, oh, we're, we're conducting this, this uh, survey of Americans in 2021. What are you most thankful for? And it's almost just like, family, because I have to say it, you know? Uh, so, yeah, like, I, I don't know if you guys can see that the, the text is probably really tiny where you're sitting. Uh, but family is by far the highest. It's 41%. And then the second highest is what Hadam said, the, the health. Um, and then the third highest is life. And I got to say that, aren't those kind of the same thing? 
You know, like, like I, I bet you, I bet you, someone called and they're like, what are you thankful for? I'm just thankful for being alive. I mean, you're alive because you have health, right? So it's kind of the same thing, right? So about half people said, you know, for their health, they're thankful for being alive. And then the fourth one was kind of interesting to me. So now, again, you have to keep in mind that it's what are you most thankful for? It's not saying that people aren't thankful for these things, but when you just ask people, what are you most thankful for? The, the, the fourth one was jobs or finances. And it, so it's 8%. It's, it's not a huge amount, right? But it was the fourth most common response. What do you guys think about that? Does that seem high or low to you? I think on, on one level, like, it does seem a little low to me just because I think, like, I don't think this is that much of a surprise, but um, I, I remember hearing uh, Richard Rohr talk about different societies and what they're based on. Like, there's, like, one thing that people turn to the most for their stability or for a sense of power and control. And there are some, like, kind of traditional cultures where family is at the top, right? And I know family was the number one answer here, but America is not one of them. The number one thing in America, and I don't think it's even close, is money, right? It is by far the, the most important thing to people when it comes to their security, when it comes to what's going to make them feel like they're in control, right? And, and it's just very, very evident, right? So in that sense, it seemed a little bit low, but come on, someone calls you on the phone, what are you most thankful for in 2021? You know, we're, we're, we're asking a cross-section of America, you know, and and. You don't want to be like money, right? <laughs> Most thankful for money. But I bet you that's probably not what people said. It probably was something like, I'm thankful that we have enough money or something like that, 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 we, that I have a job. Because in 2021, that's not guaranteed, right? There are some people who have lost jobs and economy's very quickly changing. You know, so on one level, it, it, it's high in the sense that you probably wouldn't expect too many people to say money as their number one. But uh, on another level, it, it doesn't surprise me that much that it's higher than some of the other stuff. I mean, it's, it's above friends, right? I, I think that would be a very common thing, probably for younger people. As you get older, you know, it's not that we don't see our friends, but we just see our family a lot more than we see our friends. So that's probably more top of mind. But it, it's not surprising, too, because on one level, I, I do think we are thankful for what we have. And, you know, I've said this before. I think Americans and I think a lot of people are richer than we've ever been on average. I know that's not everyone. And I know some people are in difficult situations. But we have more than definitely people in Jesus' time. Can we agree on that? Right? Way more. You know, just the, the gadgets and the technology and, you know, the size of our homes on average, I know some of you are like, Pastor Steve, my apartment's tiny. I mean, you know, just in general, we, we have more than we did before. And, you know, it, it did make me think of the idea that when you ask people, how much money do you need? Almost everyone, it, it doesn't matter. It's like seriously like clockwork. That it doesn't matter if you're poor or you're rich. The answer is always about 20% higher than what you currently have now. Right? Poor or rich. It really doesn't matter. You could be living in a box, you could be living in a mansion, and you, people typically say about 20% more, right? And there is this idea, there is this thing within us, in human nature, that we always feel like we need more. It's never enough, 
right? It's never enough. And so there is this idea of being thankful. And thankfulness is really important. I, I, I don't want to discount that. You know, you guys have probably heard, uh, if you have been in church <laughs> around this time, you know, almost every church will have a Thanksgiving sermon, right? It'll be something like Attitude of Gratitude. I probably heard like 10 sermons <laughs> titled Attitude of Gratitude because it rhymes and it's cute that way, you know? Uh, or maybe there's one that's about, you know, giving thanks in all circumstances because that's in scripture. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But, you know, and, and those are great things to talk about. But you could be really thankful for money. And, you know, I think about, like, people who go on mission trips, especially to places that are poor. One of the most common things, like, like whenever I've taken kids, like youth group kids, the most common thing that people say when they come back from a mission trip like that is they're like, I'm so thankful for what I have. And that's not a bad thought, right? That, that's awesome that you're thankful for what you have. But how long does that last before you're like, Mom, I want a new phone, you know? <laughs> I need more, I need more, it's not enough, right? And, and I wonder if thankfulness, it's great, but you know, we celebrate Thanksgiving all the time and there's a lot of people saying that they're thankful for their family and how many people just, you know, a couple weeks later are not gonna be very content with their family again, or not gonna be very content with their financial situation, or maybe not even content with their health. Oh man, I could lose a few pounds or, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, there is something within us that maybe we're missing. And so we're not just going to talk about gratitude today, but we're going to talk about contentment. And that's what this passage is about. So just diving right into the scripture, Philippians chapter 4, verse 10, it says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. So what's going on is Paul is talking to the church in Philippi. And this is a church that he loves, that he has a very close relationship with. And so what we think is that they were supporting Paul's ministry, right? Paul was going all over the place. And, you know, we think Paul was a tent maker and he probably had a way of making some money for his ministry. But there were probably were churches that were like, Paul, we want to support you, man. You know, we want to fuel the ministry of the Lord. And so they would send a gift. Now, you got to keep in mind that, you know, there was no Venmo back then. You know, there was no easy way to wire money to Paul. And so it seems like for whatever reason, they couldn't get the money to him. You know, maybe even when, like, like he, he might have needed it, seemingly. Although, according to Paul, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm very grateful. I rejoice in the Lord at your gift. Thank you. And, and I know that you wanted to, to give me support, but for whatever reason, that wasn't able to happen. And so Paul doesn't want them to think that he was like suffering greatly or that, that he wasn't grateful for what they gave. And so this is what he says. He says, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content, right? So he's like, I got a gift from you. That's great. But honestly, I have learned the secret of, of how to be content in any situation that he's in, right? And so friends, uh, this to me 
really mirrors the passage that I, I mentioned uh, just in passing before. It's First Thessalonians 5.18. So this is the one that probably most churches, like 75% of the churches, either this weekend or last weekend, probably preached on this, right? Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So this is talking about, and this is Paul, by the way, also. Uh, Paul speaking to the Thessalonians. To give thanks in all circumstances is good for you, right? It's God's will for you. That's what God wants for you. God wants you to be thankful. There's some other things there, too, about, you know, uh, about rejoicing and, and about praying. Um, and those things are important as well. But, it, you know, on a weekend like this weekend, it's, it's very appropriate to talk about giving thanks. But how many of us also think about being content in all circumstances, But this is what Paul has learned to do. Friends, what is at stake here? Because, friends, if you think about that idea of, you know, most people, almost everyone, thinks that they need 20% more, right? The implication is you get more, and you're still going to need more, or think you need more. And then you're going to get that, and you think you're going to need more, and more, and more, and more, and more, and more. We've been talking this whole year about life, the life that God wants to give you, the abundant life. And we've been talking about these two layers. We have been called them flesh and spirit. And this idea that the flesh is this very basic level, it's not bad, friends. God created you. It's not totally bad, I should say, but it's limiting. And flesh is all about just staying alive, right? It's fight, flight, feed, and reproduce, you know? It's the, the four Fs. And it's this idea that there are certain things that we, we, we just, you know, we're, we're concerned about survival, right? We're concerned about our next meal. And that is the most basic level of need that many of us have, right? And, and this is the thing. If you believe that those needs are met, you're going to spend your entire life and all of your energy, all of your time seeking that. That's why so many people are obsessed with money. Right? Again, if, if someone calls you up and they're like, what's most important to you? You're probably not going to want to save money, right? But that might be the reality for you. And it's the reality for you because your family is important to you, because you, you don't want your kids to starve, right? And because you feel like, like, I'm not secure. I just need a little bit more money to keep my head above water, to feel like I'm safe, to feel like I'm grounded. And if you feel that way, friends, it's really, really hard to get to the next level. And this is what we call spirit. God has created you for something more than just surviving and just your next meal and pleasure and these little things that, that I mean, it's good. It's very, very important. Don't get me wrong. But God has created you for love. He has created you to build his kingdom. And these are things that are within you, right? Things that we know that this is what makes a full life, not just focused on, you know, yourself and what you have. And if you notice, on that more basic level, it's very self-centered, right? It's all about me, 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 because, yeah, I mean, you, you need to survive, right? You need food, right? And, and I'm not saying that that stuff isn't important, but there's another level where we learn to actually be generous. We learn how to love people the way that Jesus loved us, Right? We build the kingdom of God. And we want to be able to get to that level. But you're not going to get there until you know that your needs are met. 
How are your needs met? What is the secret of being content? Because friends, like I said, if we're not content, it's really, really hard to be selfless, right? I mean, just think of this example, right? I don't know, maybe there's somebody in need. You hear about a neighbor, or you know, someone has told you like, oh man, you know, this, this family's really struggling. Hey, you know what would be really cool if just each one of us gave like $100 to help this family out? And maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. But can you imagine that for you, you really believe in your heart that you need 20% more than what you have right now. You need it. You need it. You need it for your survival. It's going to be really hard to give that $100, right? It's not because you're a monster. <laughs> it's not because you're just a self-centered jerk, right? It's because you believe that your needs are not met, right? Isn't that true? And so, friends, what is the secret of being content so that we can get to the next level, so we can live for the kingdom? Well, I'm glad you asked because that's what Paul talks about. But Paul, by the way, uh, he says, um, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So what is the secret to being content? He's learned, right? Whether I have a lot, whether I don't have a lot, it's not about the circumstance. This is how contentment is fundamentally different than thanksgiving. (laughs) I mean, you can be thankful for not having a lot, but many of us, we judge things based on whether or not we believe it is good, right? But contentment is this idea that God is providing for you, so in whatever situation, you will have enough because God is enough. How do we really feel that and believe that and live there? The secret, I mean, Paul just gave it to us. Did you guys see it? What is the secret to being content? Um, Some of you may may know that uh, Philippians 4.13, I think, is one of the most misquoted uh, Bible verses. Um, and it's not misquoted because they're, you know, not using it. Like, like, I mean, you know, the meaning is pretty clear, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But the idea here is that uh, Paul is talking about being content. And many people use it in the context of wanting something more, right? And so that's what I mean by people misquoting it. It's the context, You know, there's like an athlete and they're like, I want to win the Super Bowl because I've never won a championship before. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You know, I can get an A on this test or I can make more money. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I think it's kind of ironic because what Paul's talking about here is he's talking about being content. The secret is that it comes through Christ. It comes through Christ, right? You can be content in all things, but not in and of yourself. Many times we're just like, hey, stop being so greedy. You know, you have enough. You may not believe that, friends. You may not feel that in your bones. You may not feel that in your nervous system. We need to have this through the strength that only Christ can give us. And so, friends, being content is not about the quality of the things that you have. It is about learning to trust the giver 
of all good things, right? You can be content through Christ who strengthens you, right? And so it, it makes me think about Psalm 23. Um, Psalm 23 starts off, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want. Um, There's another way that it it gets put. In the NIV, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. But both of those things talk about contentment, doesn't it? Right? Um, Dallas Willard, when he talks about this passage, he points out, so it's a very famous passage that, that we read all the time and you know, uh, gets read at funerals and things like that. Um, But think about what it's talking about here. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And, And so what Dallas Willard says about this passage is like, so if the Lord is our shepherd, what does that make us? We're the sheep. What kind of sheep can lie down in green pastures? I found this picture of a sheep. I don't know if you guys can see it. It's unbelievably cute. It's like, oh my gosh, the, the, it, they, they got like the moon, the half moon eyes. Oh, it's so cute. It looks like an anime. Um, but what kind of sheep can lay down in grass? Because grass is the sheep's food, right? The only sheep that can lay down in grass is a sheep that is full, that's had enough, right? What kind of sheep can just take a leisurely walk beside the water, right? Do, 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 do. Oh, it's so beautiful, right? It's a sheep that is not thirsty, that's had enough to drink, that has been sated, right? The key to all of this, this contentment, is that first phrase, the Lord is my shepherd, my caretaker, my Lord, my king. We have been talking all about the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, there is one, the, the most important fact about the kingdom of God is God is king. He's in control. We want to bring that to this world. We want, right, you pray this in the Lord prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But it's got to happen first in your heart. You need to believe and know that God is in control of everything. And you you don't need to worry about anything then, right? And this needs to be a reality for us. I've shared this before, but I used to suffer from some pretty debilitating anxiety. Anxiety is fear. It's unrealized fear, right? It's just this fear, something's going to go wrong, right? And and, and I would have this kind of low level of anxiety all the time. And there have been times in my life where it wasn't low level. I'd have panic attacks and things like that. And I could tell you, I could tell you until I was blue in the face, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I could say it, but I'll tell you this. My nervous system, whatever, you know, thing that controls panic and calm, didn't believe it. Didn't believe it. It's not within me. You know what I mean? There there could be Christians out there who's like, yeah, yeah, Psalm 23, my favorite scripture. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But they're freaking out about their finances. They're so worried about their jobs. They're so worried about getting into graduate school. Right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You need the strength in your body, in your mind, in your soul, in your heart, in your nervous system. That needs to become a reality for us. And if that becomes a reality for you, I don't think Paul is lying. 
right? He's not just putting on a show, but he's saying, I've really learned this secret, and it's through Christ. It is only through Christ, because I know Christ is the good shepherd, amen? I know Christ is in control, right? And so it does not depend on my circumstances then. And it doesn't depend on the quality of the things that I'm getting, right? We're thankful for good things, right? Oh, I'm thankful for that job because my job is good. I'm thankful for my friends because my friends are good. I'm thankful for my church because my church is good. But Paul is thankful for Christ. And he knows Christ is good. And so the, 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 the situation almost doesn't matter. Right? And friends, it doesn't mean that we can't be thankful for good things in your life, but we're not so dependent on them. This is the problem with many of us, is that we can only say, I lack nothing when we feel like we have everything. And we've already said, it's never going to be enough. You get it, and you're going to feel like you need more. The only thing that can fill you in a way where you're not going to feel like you need more is abiding in Christ. Right? That knowledge that God is with you. It's the reason why, um, for me, my cornerstone spiritual practice is to sit in silence with the Lord for 20 minutes every morning. Every morning. You know, because I know within me is the natural desire to move and to make things happen, and to get more, right? Like, I need this, I need this, I need this. It's this restlessness. We have this thing within us to move and to get and to acquire. And if you sit there long enough, you'll feel this restlessness. And it's so funny because Thanksgiving weekend, right? Thanksgiving, you're thankful, you're thankful, it's good. But right after that is Black Friday. (laughs) I think it's really America's national holiday. If you think about it. And it's not even Black Friday anymore. Black Friday has lost all meaning. Uh, There's like Black Friday sales that were done like two days before Thanksgiving. Like it's not Friday yet, but like everything's sold out. You know, it's now become this week-long extravaganza, and now we have Cyber Monday, and it's never going to stop. You know, and so, oh man, I'm so thankful for my my family, and I'm so full on this good turkey. Now I need to go buy more stuff, (laughs) right? I need more. Have you ever just sat there and you're not content and you just find yourself on Amazon? You're like, man, I, 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 just, I just need something that's going to be exciting. I, I just like getting packages in the mail. I got to tell you, that's me. Man, there's so many times in, 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 in during the pandemic, you know, what fueled me was not Jesus. It was getting the package in the mail. Amazon's here. Is it for me? Oh, it's for my wife. <laughs> so disappointed. Friends, come on, let's be honest, Right? What do you most need? What do you most need? So you're not so jittery. You're not so restless. You're not chasing these things that will never satisfy you. You got to make it a priority. And I got to tell you that for me, so often, it hasn't been a priority. Even as a pastor, I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, I'll pray when I have some time. You're never going to feel like you have time. It's going to be the same thing with money. You never feel like you have enough money. You never feel like you have enough time. How many of you seriously can say, I have all the time I need. You never will feel like it's enough. It's the same thing, right? But what can transform that perspective is if you learn to sit in stillness with God. That has been something that's helped me so much. In, in the beginning, it was so hard because I'm so restless because I'm like, I, I, I got I to 
I got to do something. I got to do something. I got to do something. But the more that I've learned to sit still with the Lord, doing it for years, I know I need it or I'm going to go chase stupid stuff that I don't need. I know it. I know it's going to happen, right? Or I'm going to think that there's something that I need that I need to get myself before I love someone else. Uh, Yeah, I'll help you, but I got to help myself right now. If I know God is in control, if I know my needs are being met in the Lord, then I can be generous, right? Then I can live for the kingdom of God. Then I can love other people. Then I can think about them above myself, right? And so, friends, uh, pretty simple message, yeah? But I want to take some time to just be with the Lord. I I just think that would be an awesome thing to do. Um, Adam and Jamie, could you guys come up? Let's just take a moment to just be in the Lord. I'm just going to leave up the picture of the cute lamb. (laughs) And, you know, just, friends, have you felt like this cute lamb? Because I got to tell you, even when I'm resting, I mean, there would be so many times that, like, during college, I would go home for Thanksgiving break. And it's like, yeah, sure, the turkey's good and whatever. But even when I'm, like, not doing anything, I still feel that anxiety. I got to study. Oh, what am I doing? Wasting my time. Man, I did not know how to rest in the You guys know how to rest in the Lord? How to just be still? It's not easy. It's not easy because our world is not going to naturally teach you how to do this. Can you with me just take some time? Maybe just close your eyes. Or if you want to, just look at the sheep. Just read that scripture. Just read it a few times. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still water. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. Maybe if you want to practice this at home, you can just read that scripture a couple times before you just sit with the Lord. You know, and and instead of feeling ashamed, like, oh man, I'm so bad at sitting still, just know that God wants you to learn how to do this. It's so important for us to learn to be content in the Lord, not in ourselves, not in what we get from this world because it's never going to be enough for you. And maybe, friends, just in this moment as we're sitting still, I think one of the things that we've learned to be very discontent with is our our communities. I know sometimes with church, church is not perfect. Our friends aren't perfect. Our families aren't perfect. The people around us aren't perfect. And it's going to be the same thing. You're going to feel like you need your church to improve or you need your family to improve or you need other people to improve. And friends, there will be a time for that. There will be a time where you can really invest in your community, where you can love them. But it's not going to come before you learn to be content in the Lord, to know you don't need other people to change for you to be content in the Lord. So let's just take a moment to rest. If you want, you can just take a deep breath just in through your nose. Hold it. Out through your mouth. Just know as the breath is coming in, God is providing for you. He has given you this breath. He has given you this body. He has given you this oxygen. He is providing for you all the time. Can you just rest there? You don't need to do anything. He's the king. 
He's the Lord. He's in control. He's the good shepherd. You might feel like your job is the most important thing or your, your, your schoolwork is the most important thing. It isn't, I promise you, friends. The most important thing is the giver of all good things. Just rest. Just rest. Just trust. God, we sang that a moment ago, that Christ is enough for us. But God, we confess to you that so often that has not been the truth for us. But God, we want to learn how to rest in you. That that can be the reality for us. That Christ can strengthen us. That Christ can uphold us in a way that the world never can. The way that chasing after riches or chasing after security that comes from this world that is so fleeting never can. God, teach our souls, teach our hearts, help us to ingest this truth in every fiber of our being, in every cell that we can know that Christ is Lord, that you are the good shepherd, that you are the king, you're taking care of us. You are enough. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.